America has always had a homogenized view of itself. It's a country built by and for straight, white, cis men, and any other lifestyle is viewed as a threat. Even as straight, white, cis podcast hosts, it's important to recognize this fact and grapple with the impact it has on society. This week's movie doesn't deal directly with the racial inequality and police violence that America has been grappling with recently. In fact, the entire cast is white. It does, however, address the struggles of gay men in a world that rejects them. Unlike people of color who are judged by the color of their skin, these gay men are able to hide their sexualities, knowing that the truth would be met with violence if ever discovered. This struggle to hide their true selves and repress the love they can only experience in secret leads to a sad and painful life. Look, I know that this podcast is usually pretty light and fun and it's tempting for us to act like everything is okay in the world, but that's a privilege that not everybody has. We recognize the tragedy of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others. We recognize the, the fear that Ennis Delmar and Jack Twist live in, and, but we'll never experience the type of unending terror. All we can do is listen to those who are brave enough to tell their experiences, find ways to make their life safer, and bring justice to the, for the damage that's already been done. This week, we're talking about Brokeback Mountain. No more beans. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... What are you waiting for, cowboy? My name is Chad. I can't make it on a couple high dude fucks once or twice a year. I'm Mark. I love Mark, the phrase high-altitude you fucks. Know, based Mark, on... you live in Chattanooga. I think maybe the only kind of fucks you can get are like slightly higher altitude. So yes, b- based Chattanooga, on the town the... of technically mountains. Ba- <laughs> right. Based on Beans, Cowboy, yeah. and high-altitude yeah. fucks, this movie sounds fun. What is this movie we're talking about today, <laughs> Cody? <laughs> Uh, it's Brokeback Mountain. Mark chose it uh, because the way this show works is we are going through every year we've been alive, which is a long 26 years. Um, and uh, we have reached 2005 and we've already talked about my movie, um, which was, I would remind everybody, a pretty fun movie about a superhero. Yeah. And then Ch- Chad picked a movie that was, you know, about grappling pr- with divorce and yeah, sadness. Yeah, pretty, pretty sad then, movie. And then Mark chose one about, you know, repressed love and, you know, it's tragic end. And then next mm-hmm. week we're going to talk about um, complicated <laughs> a f- race relations. A fun movie. So, so fun year. A fun that, and woke movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely stood the test of time. But thankfully, um, Mark whining for as long as I've known him to make us watch a movie about Matthew McConaughey in a desert. It's going to ta- top off this um, can't miniseries. Wait. It's going to be a, a real good, a good cherry s- on top of this weird, sad year. Yeah. It's going to um, be a sandwich of action movies with a lot of complicated meat <laughs> um, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. um, and some of that meat has gone sour, but we'll talk about some that, of that on meat. the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, some of that meat was um, from a diseased cow. I think the, I think it was always sour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of that meat was it. People didn't like it at the time, and we're yeah. very mad at it, which we'll dive into more next week. But I think it is interesting to kind of bring up now that so n- next episode we're talking about Crash because it won Best Picture. Um, literally, that is the only reason why I don't think you could pay us to talk about. Ca- yeah, you could. You could pay. You us could pay. You could pay us to watch please, it for sure. Hey, hey, in, please pay us. In if fact, you're an yeah, advertiser, you could please pay us. us. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Should we start a Patreon? But, Let's start a Patreon. 
Let's. I, yeah, who knows? Maybe um, not like in this social climate. We you don't want to. You don't want to like tweet out to like, hey, support our Patreon. Like, yeah, probably donate not. your money to us <laughs> talking yeah, about movies. You don't not. think no? Okay. Um, but but I think it is interesting to kind of go ahead and introduce the looming specter of Crash because Brokeback Mountain, which is the movie we're talking about today is the movie that everybody went into the Oscars thinking it would be the favorite to win. Um, and it makes sense, honestly. It does kind yeah. of make sense on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I I try to be a little bit of a... Oh, I was about to say, I don't know that a movie that is predominantly about... Um, Queer people has ever won an Oscar, but now I'm remembering Moonlight yeah, has. Mo- yeah. But I think uh, it's very rare. So was I think that it would have been first a water queer movie to win Best Picture. I can't I think, think. I mean, I don't. So. I don't know the whole history. I mean, this movie is like known for being one of the first, like, yeah, huge critically acclaimed movies about gay people, other mm-hmm. than like Philadelphia. Or right, so like, Philadelphia was cry, one that was like which kind of in contention. Th- th- there were movies that were in contention, but I don't think they ever had as close of a chance, right? I mean, yeah. the cl- again, I am not looking at a list of Oscar movies in front of me. Cabaret features a lot of queer characters, mm-hmm. um, so maybe that one would be closest because people sort of thought that was going to win going in, but also uh, what beat it? I can't remember. Every time Maybe. I every time I hear cabaret, I think of uh, uh, Schitt's Creek and the town putting on the musical cabaret, and I think I, I, I just hear Moira Rose's voice saying cabaret, and it makes me happy. <laughs> I have not gotten to that episode yet. Oh, uh, um, it's like a whole season arc in like the second to last season. It's, uh, it's okay. Really yeah. Yeah. I um, I cabaret is very good, by the way, guys. Um, if you've never seen it, I've just seen the Shit's Creek good. episode where they perform it. <laughs> I, uh, I think yeah. that you know, back to what this movie is like known for. It's the first like Oscar movie where like it is a romance movie that is a gay romance, and both lead roles are like gay characters. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Philadelphia was like. A courtroom movie about a right. gay guy, yeah, um, and it was really about AIDS more than about like you mm-hmm. know gay life as a gay person. Yeah, this is awesome. a movie about a romance, which right. like Cabaret also doesn't fall. Like it, it may have all these like gay or queer characters. No, it, I don't know. I haven't seen Cabaret, it, but it, it kind of is. So it's kind of about them living in Germany. Um, as Nazism ri- rises is kind of like the vague thing, but it really is about her relationship with a guy who is a bisexual and has relationships with another guy that she also has relationships with. Oh it's gosh, this, that sounds incredible. Yeah, and yeah, it's messy. It's, it's it sounds really Shakespearean good. in its messiness. Right. Yes. It, Cabaret is really good, and Bob fought. Oh, it's very well directed. I don't know. Cabaret is a movie that I've watched recently that I've kind of gotten obsessed with, um, but it lost to The Godfather. So I no, think I think that's valid. That, yeah, exactly. So The Godfather is like considered one of the greatest movies ever made. So yeah. is Cabaret, but that is a tough thing. I think Brokeback Mountain is really the time where they were like 
this has a high chance of winning and it was kind of a shock when crash yeah. won it's it's a pretty famous clip jack nicholson reads the envelope and it's kind of like a crash <laughs> um, i mean it's uh, not dissimilar to green book winning uh recently where we right, kind but Julia of saw Roberts was able to swallow that a little better mm-hmm. even though you could see in her face she was like what the hell now spike well, lee in the audience could not swallow that uh it's no. it's almost like when moonlight won and they read the wrong card i was right. i remember being so pissed off like not that la la land's a bad movie but i was just like man moonlight was like a masterpiece and then when they called it back i was like i cheered i was just like i was so happy i had i feel like I, we were recording i was rooting a podcast. for la la land oh you were point. oh no i, was I really, love I was, la la land was, it affected me a lot emotionally i sobbed for 15 minutes after i watched listen, the movie. listen 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 it's a good movie it's well made it's well put together but right. i i think that uh emma stone and ryan gosling are unreasonable to each other i think their fight is just bs i think they should have worked through that uh, and mm. I think that the story of like the struggling person in LA, it, it, it's seemingly too colorful and easy for them. Like things aren't things that were challenges for me when I moved out here aren't really challenges. But it's a musical, like it's a fanciful musical. And yeah, I think where sure. that movie fails a little bit is it stops being a musical. Yes, it does, it yes. does a Disney animation move, which does not work in live action. Where nope. like a lot of Disney animated movies like for their last 20 minutes are not musicals anymore. And which also is, Gosling just can't sing. He's fine. Um, mm. But he hits um, that low note in city of stars. And I'm like, I want to throw up. That's really bad. But, but ultimately like moonlight winning was validating for a lot of people. And that was good. Green book is mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of it, which right. I can't even remember really what I was thinking was going to win Everyone, or I wanted to win. I thought Black Klansman had a pretty good chance. I think I that was the one. I wanted to win. It was better. I thought that, that, that Roma was, was going to win that year. But I feel like everyone, everyone the whole time kind of knew in their gut that Green Book was going to win. And I we all it. just kind of had, I like had a pretty good idea. I was like hopeful for Roma, but like deep down I was like, yeah, it's going to be Green Book. But, but I really was, was like thinking, cheering for their own thing. I was thinking Alfonso Cuaron definitely had it for director. So maybe it was going to, because the Oscars have split yeah. a lot in recent history. I thought it was going to be an Alfonso, like Spike gets screenplay, Alfonso mm-hmm. gets director, but Spike wins for best picture is really what I was thinking was going to happen. And then it didn't. And it was a great injustice, almost yeah. as big of an injustice as when in 1989, when do the right thing, a huge movie of the moment um, was not nominated. It was fuck. I forgot that. Cause it was nominated for screenplay or something, right? It, I think Maybe. it won screenplay. Do you, I was, I was no, just looking I, at this at the okay. best picture lineup here. Yeah. Um, Driving Miss Daisy won. Born on which, the Fourth, which yeah, is bad. insane. Um, Born on the Fourth of July, Dead Poet Society, Field of Dreams, My Left Foot. Wow. And, That's like, kind of a bad list. Sex Lies and Videotapes was left off. Do the Right Thing was left off. Like, Little Mermaid, you could argue, it, sure. seeing as Beauty and the Beast gets it two years later. Um when Harry Met Sally, which lost the screenplay to Dead Poets Society, which is kind of messed up. 
Um, yeah, so it got, um, Do the Right Thing got an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor, but didn't win. Which so Supporting think, Actor was nominated? Um, it the was White Guy. S- the White Guy, Sal. Who was really Sal. good? Oh, in the Sal movie. was nominated. I mean, he's good yeah. at it, but that's he's good. Yeah. But but it's like yeah. yeah, give the white actor a nomination, right, for that <laughs> movie. So we're transitioning into for the Megaplex. We're going to talk about the about do the right thing. It feels yeah. like a very prescient movie, um, which is what I think um, led Mark and Chad both to watch it pretty recently. Yeah, I watched it about a month and a half ago because I'm working through an AFI list. Right. I. <laughs> didn't do it like these boys did and uh this was my first time watching it uh was it y'all's mm-hmm. first time as well recently or it yes it was my it was my second time okay. it was, it's one of those movies that like i bought on criterion without seeing and then i watched it and like enjoyed it but and this was like probably two or three years ago but then i rewatched it again recently like in lieu of current events and right. like it is yep. straight up a masterpiece i also like when i watched it i think it was my first spike lee movie I didn't really understand the structure of it. I was like, okay, where's the plot of this movie? Uh, right, which is something that surprised me. I, I went into this movie. I didn't really know what to expect. I had seen Black Klansman. Um, I'm trying to think of other Spike Lee movies I've seen. I may not have seen another one, honestly. Spike Lee is truly a huge blind spot for me that I'm really yeah. going to work on rectifying and definitely going to keep up with any mm-hmm. of his new movies. The only um, Spike Lee movie I had seen previous to Black Klansman was... Brrr, Old Boy, which is considered one of his worst, and it stars Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Olsen and Samuel oh. Jackson, and it's a remake of a Korean movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, um, I had it, seen Inside Man as well. I watched it. Okay, up to Black Klansman, and the reason I've actually I picked, seen Inside Man. I think the reason I picked Inside Man is because it's the only Spike Lee movie that I could find streaming that wasn't three hours long. Because, um, yeah. like, Malcolm X, I really want to see, but, like, I got to find three hours to watch that movie at some point. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah, I was, I guess I was expecting a more streamlined, straightforward movie. And then what I got was for the first, like, hour and a half or so, it almost feels like it's, it's very hangouty. Like, it's kind of like a, yeah. like a black Richard Linklater in a way, which is like, yes. It, yeah. Which Richard Linklater is incredibly my shit. So just to have this hangout movie and you're just like, there's this underlying like pressure throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. and it taking place on like the hottest day of the year and like things something's about to pop but like on the surface level everything's like pleasant people are happy you're enjoying people you're laughing a lot cuz things are very funny um and then you just have that climax that finale that just like everything yeah. comes to the surface and it uh and it blows up yeah i yeah. I, I think that's why it's I mean, it's so effective for a variety of ways. I think the yeah. way it's directed is pretty interesting and definitely a point of view. Um, I also find it interesting that, like, Spike Lee is, like, good in the movie. And I know he yeah. appears somewhat. It, like, he, he appears. Yeah, actually, you know what? He's I would like say he's character. great. Yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. is the main character of the movie, but um, he shows up some more in some of his other movies, but hasn't really ever just done an acting role that I know of, which is kind of interesting that, I mean, yeah. he, he wanted to focus on directing and stuff like that, but I could have seen him in a career as... Um, yeah, he's very good in acting. Yeah, but I but if if what I know about Spike Lee to be true is it probably was a case of like, I want to be in 
the kind of stories that I'm telling. And there's not that many people telling these kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. So let me just keep making my movies. Right. I also Um, think that, you know, this movie is like about the neighborhood that Spike Lee grew you know, lived in, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I'm not a, like, I yeah. don't know this for sure, but it seems like the character is like kind of based on Spike. Yeah, for um, sure. So, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, he had to go like deep in character to, to do act, to, to act right. in this movie. Um, yeah. um, but, and it Rosie feels very per- natural. Rosie Perez yes. is great too. She is really good in it. And I watched this the first time, like the week before I saw birds of prey. Um, where she plays Oh shoot, I didn't even show, put she together. plays Montoya. Yeah, yeah, yeah Renee yeah, 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 Montoya yeah. and and she rules in that movie. She is very good um, at that. And so I saw it like literally the week before, so it was cool to see kind of that uh progression, but yeah, I I think the underlying tension and the build up is what is really good about this movie mm-hmm. and what is kind of like and it's prescient in a lot of ways, but is really good for right now because it's like uh-huh. a lot of people assume everything is fine on the surface because in this neighborhood mm-hmm. everything seemed fine but there is this kind yeah. of underlying pressure and when sh- mm-hmm. shit hits the fan it th- you, yeah it, it's like the illusion exposed. fades away it's it, exactly it all, and yeah. it's like yeah we can get along when you're not mm-hmm. trying to like when you're not trying to put me down, when you're not trying to purposely repress me, or if you're not trying right. to literally kill me, like right. we, yes, we can get along in those moments, but there's still an underlying tension because you are John Turturro and you are being aggressively <laughs> yeah. racist and prejudiced towards me, or you're Sal who is like kind of keeping a like, it under wraps some. He's like, you know, oh, I hire Mookie. So, like, I'm not a racist. But then it comes out, you know. And I yeah. and I think that's a really kind of effective good thing. I, I, I'm yeah, losing and, eloquence and of words. No, but, I, I get yeah. what you're saying, though. And, yeah. Uh, another thing yeah, I really I, like, appreciate about this movie is, obviously, it's very, like, relevant to today. But, like, down to, like, specific details, like, even today in the midst of, like, the moment we're going through, you know, we're, we're largely talking about two people. And that's Breonna Taylor and George Floyd right now. Um, right. And George Floyd's this guy who was just murdered in the streets. And it's awful, obviously. Uh, should be obvious, right? But then you have, like, these yeah. these people on social media or in news media who are like now trying to dig up dirt on him and be like, well, actually he wasn't that good of a guy. See the things he did, this and this, and this. And like what this movie shows is like this guy that gets killed by the cops. Like, yeah, he was being aggressive. He's strangling a guy that shouldn't matter. Like that shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I want so the like, stance of this podcast to be, it doesn't fucking matter yeah, what you no. do. And when Charles Manson and, Ted Bundy and all kinds of people were politely put in the back mm-hmm. of cruisers. Just last night, at, well, at the time we were recording this uh, podcast in North Hollywood, there was like this active shooter, and he was an old white guy, and he got arrested and just neatly put into a cop car. But then, like, yeah, yeah you can you can do it. You can apprehend a guy, but and so on. I don't want to go off on a soapbox. <laughs> yeah. but this movie, thirty-one years ago, was dealing with these things we're still going through. And, like, people are mm-hmm. still making these insane, like, arguments that, like, oh, reform doesn't need to happen. You just need to X, Y, and Z. You just need to do this. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no. Like, 
Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where like we fucked it up a long time ago and just let it fester. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and that's what this I mean, movie is: is the festering. Right. Up but until not to get to galaxy brain, but the, the, our our problems arose when we as a country freed slaves and then said, all right, y'all figure it out. Like well, it that when is we, where the pro- we had slaves. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. The worst that's the thing. original sin. <laughs> yeah. Fair Freeing enough. them is not the issue. Freeing fair them enough. was a good thing, Cody. No, no, no. This I am a, saying this is an anti slave. <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> For, I was not saying, yes, we should have never had yes, slaves yes, in the first yes, place. Yes, yes, that, that was the first original sin. But, but, but but when we did free them and did nothing to kind of help them, that's when you start. You're starting at a at a lower level because there is there is no nothing put in place to kind of take people out of their existing circumstances. And yeah. if you're if, if you're you have nothing and then just have to figure out on and on and on smarter people than me have made these arguments. But have you guys seen the, he's calling it a short film. It's not really that it's, it's just kind of like a bunch of clips that he put together Hmm. that Spike Lee just put out like a couple days ago. I watched it and it was hard to watch. Go ahead. I, I, I watched one he put out before all of this stuff, but like during the coronavirus where it was just like shots of New York. Okay. That is not the one I'm talking about. He put one called three brothers, radio Rahim, Eric Garner and George Floyd. And it is cutting scenes from this movie where the cops are choking out radio Rahim and like literally lines that radio Rahim say are repeated by Eric Garner and George. It is chilling Mm -hmm. and a very like effective watch of like, we were talking about this 31 years ago. We were talking about this Mm -hmm. 60 years ago. We were talking about blah, 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 blah. blah. What the fuck are we doing? Similar to what Spike does at the end of black Klansman, which a lot of Mm -hmm. people said was manipulative. Mm -hmm. And to that, I say, we fucking it's, need it apparently it's because it's so powerful it's and you know, I was, he, he connects like this moment of triumph in black Klansmen to yeah. but what did it get us which we are seeing right, right now when uh the kkk is not denounced as a hate group and it is yeah. as somebody literally got arrested and for inciting violence yeah he drove a, we find he out, drove a car into a crowd and tried to shoot somebody or did shoot somebody he shot somebody and he is the head of a kkk chapter yeah but we're Ugh. talking about making Antifa a terrorist group and not the KKK. Um, so some people uh, may stop listening to our podcast because we're getting so worked up about this. And I hope you don't. But if you do, I don't know that I yourself. cared all yeah, that much, I, to I be kinda, honest. I kind of feel like we wouldn't get along <laughs> if, no. if this is making you quit our podcast. And, and I will say something that I have been pretty uplifted and hopeful about is seeing people who I wouldn't necessarily expect people who I had Mm -hmm. like preconceptions of because they were in high school and I thought they thought a certain way who definitely are speaking up against injustice and police brutality. And maybe we are getting somewhere. It is too early to tell, but it is very fascinating to watch a movie like this and think did Let's be honest. Did all the white people at that time watch that movie, pat themselves on the back, and think they did enough? You know, and how how do we keep from doing that? I was reading the the Criterion. Like Criterion always puts like essays in their releases. This one was written by Roger Ebert, and he was saying that like. 
people stormed out of the can screening the when they screened at can people like stormed out because they were like they thought that it was like promoting riots they thought it was like going to incite racial well, violence i mean i mean which is what which was. is what people yeah which but, is, but 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 I, I i think we I, have kind of a go ahead mark sorry i think that the movie does a really good job and like when people asked spike lee about it he literally said like do you think that which do you think is sadder the fact that sal's pizza store got knocked down or the fact that radio raheem died like right are you are you valuing this business over a man's life mm-hmm. and if if you leave this movie saying it's sad that sal lost his pizza place and you're not saying it's sad that radio raheem got killed then like think about yeah. it. yeah i mean you and- can have both of those thoughts in your mind but the person's life should be the one that you're more concerned about. Yeah. You can have both thoughts in your mind, sure. But, I mean, in the real world, in yeah. this movie, it's a little more clear. But you, you can have those thoughts in your mind, but ultimately, the person's life is what you should be more concerned yeah, about. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Like, another thing I've read that Spike Lee has said regarding this movie is throughout his career, people have come up mm-hmm. to him and asked him, did Mookie do the right thing? You know, Mookie, the character who empties the trash can and mm-hmm. throws it through the window, mm-hmm. did he do the right thing? And he said, 100% of the people who have asked him that question have been white. Right. Yeah, of course. Which I think answer, answers that question there. And yeah. I also think it's one of those things where what we're hearing a lot right now is like, rights is the language of the unheard, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mookie in that moment kind of is like, this has to happen. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, this either happens and we write and we destroy yeah. stuff or it goes a lot worse. It's almost and like that he is doesn't, part of why he initiates. It's it. almost like he doesn't want to, but it's like he knows. No, you see it in ha- his face. Yeah. I think it's a good performance of where he's yeah. kind of like regretful about what he's doing, but he's like, but it's got to be yeah, done. And ultimately this is more important than yeah. my fucking job here mm-hmm. slinging pizzas. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I also think it's, you know, Rady Rahim before he dies, gives this long monologue about love and hate and he does it directly to camera and he has like the, the iconic love and hate like um mm-hmm. fist whatever the brass you call knuckles them. yeah brass knuckles um and he's basically saying like all of history is a fight between love and hate and you know mm-hmm. hate mm-hmm. will just hit you and hit you and hit you and then love comes back and hits you and hits you and hits you and then hate will come back and mm-hmm. hit you again and what mookie screams when he throws that into the window he just screams hate as if he's like okay you know this is clearly the the part of our lives when hate wins so we just got to Mm -hmm. kind of like embrace that get it all out and then the next day Mm -hmm. he goes back and just like talks to sal um and like which is an incredible like there to like help out it's such a cool scene where he's like hey man like sorry about that can i get paid and yeah. and Sal tries to arguing overpay over him, and he's money, like, "No, like, yeah, yeah. it's um, also good." I, that scene is is so good. Um, where where Mookie's like, "Look, I don't have anything against you. It's just that like we had to do something. You know, we had a lot of frustration mm. in us, and you know, we destroyed something that's, you know, he, he says insurance is going to cover you. Like, you'll be right. fine." <laughs> and, and doesn't that and, argument sound familiar? Yeah, and and. Uh, I I don't remember if Sal actually says this, but I you know in my head Sal's like this pizza place was my life, and like mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Radio Rahim's life was his life in a much more real sense. So, like, right. as sad as you are for Sal losing his, like, life work, it's ten times sadder than that Radio Rahim loses his, like, and, actual life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this movie's good. It is very good to watch right now. We recommend you guys watching mm-hmm. it. I know we went pretty... I mean, we almost talked about it like it was an episode, but we weren't alive in 1989. It felt important right now. I No other movies are coming out, so it, you know, like yeah, it's right. not like we had anything else to talk about, and it just felt kind of important to all of us that we talk about it right now. Um, recommend and, you watch it if yeah. you haven't seen it. It, it. It's just good filmmaking on yeah. top of everything else. It also like um, isn't but I, as it's not a bummer of a movie. It like like no, it's right. very fun it's, to watch. It's really yeah. funny and it has like great iconic characters like Senior Love Daddy mm-hmm. and Bugging Out. Yeah, and you know, I mean the mayor and and, and, and mother DeMayer sister and their so whole great. their whole yes. dynamic. It's so great. Right, but speaking of bummers. We need to talk about the movie we're gathered here to talk about, which I personally enjoy, but do find mostly a bummer. And that is Brokeback Mountain. Definitely a bummer. I don't think there's anyone telling you that this movie is not a bummer. It is. I mean, a bummer. I will say, just from a perspective of these guys get to do a lot of camping, that looked fun. The camping Fuck part? No, that's, true. that's the worst part. No, I love camping. I want <laughs> to be the worst bucket. part. <laughs> yeah, camping is the worst part of this movie. I don't want to go camping the the... when they when they were talking about in the beginning when they were like, "You're gonna be up here for a fucking long time, and we're gonna bring you beans and you write down what." Hell I... yeah! Fuck that! I want to go no. backpacking through these mountains. I want to no. go fishing. I. Me personally, I wouldn't want to do the gay sex, but I would want to go camping. I, I would. <laughs> Look, uh, I, <laughs> I was about to pose a question, which I don't know if it's a reductive question or not. You but probably it is something. I, I'm just wondering, would I rather go camping for six months or have one gay encounter? That's and probably I'm be not straight up worth... with you guys. I'm going to be straight up with you guys. I would have a gay encounter. I'm not ashamed that's, to say it, but I, that's, the difference that's is I okay love camping. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, the here's what camping doesn't have: um, my fire stick, or but you know what it thing. does oh, have is the well, original fire stick, a good campfire. Um, I hate that. I was going to say, it does have fires and sticks, yeah. and those sticks are on fire. Right, but do, Stick fire. When, when, do when those boot up, do they have Disney Plus on them where I can they watch have Rock? Spooky stories to tell around a campfire. Uh, yeah, guess what else um, has that? My television. I can you rent might be it. Resting on, you might be resting on Disney Plus. Other knee that you have. <laughs> That's what? nothing, Mark. <laughs> That's absolutely sure. nothing. I'm done Get with it. this camping. No, like, <laughs> this knee, like one of your knees. Uh-huh. And oh. Your other knee, right? You're so, like kneeling. I guess no, I get I under, the joke I, now. I understood it, but it just, no. I didn't um, understand you, it until You want me to go over it again? It. I can break it down yeah. further. Okay. Anyway. But camping, I, the no, camping I don't want to go camping. The camping and like the cooking your beans over a fire and stuff, it all just looked aesthetically like very fun to me. Riding that horses. That fun to you? Yes. Eating nothing but beans looked 
fun. Well, to you. they also like scrambled some eggs at one point or something. Like it's it's some good camp- campfire food no. is good no matter. What. I they I am a glamping bitch only. I, I, I only want to go camping in an mm. RV. Fuck a tent. If I mean it's an it's a very hack gym like. It's not hack that Jim Gaffigan said it, but it's hacky to reference it at this point. But the Jim Gaffigan bit of like, why go camping? We've figured out houses. <laughs> camping existed before we had houses. It was how we Talks survived. Talks about like homeless, but, homeless people being confused by camping. <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. camping. Um, the camping that I like is is like backpacking through a trail and like going to places you'd never seen, seeing the beautiful nature. And like you're exercising too, and that feels good. You get endorphins flowing, and it's a challenge. And you're proud of yourself after doing it, and it's just fun. And you're with your friends. I'm never proud of myself after hiking or camping. I am disgusted. <laughs> I feel gross, and I want to go home. Well, um, that's the difference between the you and me. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about our our history with this flick. Um, Mark, have you seen this before? I have uh, twice before, and then also yeah, like, I've seen this movie a lot at yesterday. this point. Mm. This was um, my first time seeing it. It, it is today. I have probably seen it more than I like would have purposefully tried to watch it because it is a movie that I think is good, but I I don't know. I don't necessarily like adore it all the way through. I thought it was um, very good. I I I think it's good. I. Let's talk about the plot before I sure. complain about the one issue that I have with it. That's <laughs> okay. kind of the big issue. Um, so Enos and Jack, uh, uh, Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, they meet on Brokeback Mountain while watching sheep, and they fall for each other. Um, then they part wait, ways. Wait, and they, just can I, I – is it Enos or Enos? Enos. It sounds what like penis when you say it. What I think I it's say? Enos. Enos. You said Enos. I, I hear them say Enos in the movie. Um, it just sounds a lot like penis. You're not wrong. I th- um, I thought they were saying Ennis. Maybe I'm wrong. This is a Enos. useless. Let's just this is choose one and stick with yeah. it. Yeah, Enos feels more southern, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, They're not so they, southern though. They're cowboys. <laughs> uh, so they they part ways. Uh, they're they go to Texas at some point, and he's in Montana, they which live is the in south. Mon- of, yeah, it's the south of the middle. Fuck off. Then they part ways. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's the south of the middle, and you know it. Um, <laughs> what? It's also the fifties. Everybody was southern then. I don't fucking it's, know. Stop talking. Then they, okay. so then they part ways. And it's the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the sixties are the fifties of the sixties, and we all know it. So anyway, they every part ways. It's true. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so Enos and Jack part ways, and they continue on through life, through marriages, children, etc., while often yeah. meeting for quote unquote fishing trips, where they rekindle their relationship. They have a big fight after Enos finds out that Jack is having other affairs. Jack dies, and Enos is heartbroken. I when I was writing the summary, I was like, feels like there's a sentence missing but that is kind of the end of the movie as Ennis is sad I mean yeah there's, there's sort of no like, other like plot thing happens I guess yeah I mean it's if, if if you were to strip it down of all like beauty that's what happens but like it, 
Or if you have to write a three sentence summary to get us through the plot, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of what you would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for your purposes, that is yeah, what seeing, happens. But seeing as you just a full hour of this movie was marriages and, and kids happen, then I think right. you can end it with he died and he's sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So for these purposes, um, yes. <laughs> this is going to be a battle. Because um, uh, here's what I don't like about this movie. Oh, boy. The beginning. I think it's so slow. I don't enjoy it. Oh, I like it. <laughs> you mean the part where they fall in love? Uh, yeah. Yes, I know, which what? makes me sound like a monster, but that is absolutely that's the, the best part, part of the movie. Like. Oh, I, I was very. So sleepy. Oh, it was so effective. It was so effective for me. Like the opening sequence is so quiet and so, like it, they don't they're not looking at each other. They're not talking to each other. There's mm-hmm. so much like hesitation and tension, especially if I think you sort that of know what's good. coming. I think the stuff on the mountain is what I find kind of boring. And oh, it but, it takes oh, a while. No. No, it, it takes a while, shell, while like, and the relationship slow, mm. is rushed at the same time. It's I find everything well, off the mountain. Is, no, it's so good. Uh, yes, I'm sorry I'm going to fight you on this, it. but I really, really liked it. I don't yeah, enjoy I it. I completely disagree, Cody. That's my least favorite part of the movie is every scene where they're not together. <laughs> mm, see, I think, I think that's where a lot more of the like drama and more interesting dynamics are kind of at play and where... I, I think they have more interesting scenes later on. Part of it, part of it is Ennis doesn't talk that much. And so it's it's yeah, it's but, a lot of like nonverbal but things. But it's the building is, to that point where he says, Ennis, yet that's the most you've said in two weeks. And he says, that's the most I've said in a year. And like, it's it, he's stripping he away this up. like rigid like mask he's like wearing like. He's getting no, to his heart. It's look, so good. To, to like, quote it's the IMDb so trivia good. page of this movie, his the way he talks and his jaw doesn't open very much is kind of like the fact that he doesn't open up very much. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I I I do understand how movies work, so I do understand <laughs> no. that this is useful and that it it it's important to the whole movie. I just find it kind of boring. I <sighs> Heath Ledger's performance is very interesting to me, where. Yeah. It's this was a complicated thing that I was trying to reckon with as the movie went on. I'm like, it's almost so good that it's bad. And let me explain. Okay, uh, I'm already mad, but go ahead. It's he is playing such a real person that it almost doesn't feel like a performance in ways. So like technically, it's very skilled, but at the same time, I'm not getting. Like a movie, it, it's hard for me to explain, but that I, is just the the reaction that I kind of had is like I don't know that I understand what the criticism is. It's not a cris- criticism. I'm not saying it as a criticism. I'm just saying that I find that performance kind of interesting because he's he's playing such a just. It, it feels like I'm watching a normal person on screen. Yeah. It feels like I am not watching an actor, and yeah. that's. When you're when you're when you're surrounded by all these other people who do feel like actors, it, it's kind of just a uh, jarring thing. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it, his performance was kind of interesting to me because Gyllenhaal's kind of giving the more movie star monologuing type of performance. Yeah, because that's like the have, difference between the characters too. Right, is like he's and, and, he's and a little more have, attuned with his emotions than. A little more attuned with his emotions than uh, Heath Ledger's right. character, and and, and Heath Ledger is doing the like... kind of mumbling, muttering kind of thing, and it it just feels more like a real person, which feels 
strange to be in a movie. Not inherently bad, just strange. I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting. I think that another difference between the characters is that Jake Gyllenhaal or Jack Twist is like he's like a showman. He's like a rodeo guy. Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. like he's like he just is a big personality. He goes on to be a salesperson. Right. Um, whereas Ennis is like a rancher. And like even his wife and his kids, he doesn't really talk to very much. Right. I um, here's he the thing. Just like closeted. Yes. I kind of only think one performance in this movie is bad, <laughs> and I'm probably gonna be murdered for this opinion as well. Who? But I, I think know. everybody is good except for one performance. Who do you think it is? Um, the whole movie, one person is bad. Um, is it uh, what? What is her name? Do you uh, think that it's Anne Hathaway? No, Anne Hathaway's okay. good, but her fucking costuming is not. Yeah, um, like I don't her like her. Hair. You don't like those wigs? Yeah, I don't no, like but I think wigs. I, I think Anne Hathaway yeah. is the person who should have gotten got the supporting actress nomination in this movie. Um, Do you think Michelle Williams not, is bad? I think Michelle Williams is bad. Oh, really? I have a hard I, time oh, with Michelle Williams, as me and Chad I have argued about before in Manchester by the Sea, Which where I also think in... that performance is kind of bad, and you've already no, gotten mad at me she's before it in the in past. That. She's I think perfect she in does, both movies. She's very, very good. I, I think she does this kind of... Which is... Uh, now I'm sounding like I'm flip-flopping when I say Heath Ledger's giving a performance that just feels like a real person. And I'm going to say hers, my problem with, is it feels overactory. But she does this thing where, like, she shakes with her whole body and just is like... Hup, 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 hup. like well, I, I just, when you're I, I, in love with a man who's lying to no, you don't, about... Y- yes, sure, like logic out. Shake, sure, there's a gonna, reason. I think yeah. the performance is bad. Uh, I think uh, I think her performance... I think most of the time I want to conceptually like Michelle Williams' performances, and I don't know that I really ever have. I Um, I kind of agree. I think that her character is almost the least interesting of the four. I agree Um, with that. Also, she has that line where she says, Jack Twist, more like Jack Nasty. And I don't really get where she's coming from there. Yeah, it's there. a bad line. Like, what's the joke? There's no pun Honestly, there. if you're going to um, deliver that line, she does a good job delivering the line. The line's just kind of bad. Yes. But yeah. I, I, I think she's good when she sees them kiss. And I think she's pretty good yeah, in the grocery yes. scene where she's, like, stressed out. But I think the scene where she breaks down over the sink when she's confronting him is... Borderline it's kind of terrible. It, it's the it's very good. It's the Oscar scene. I don't it's, think it's, it's terrible. It's big, but it's yeah. I mean, she I does think, the same thing in Manchester by the Sea, and that same scene in that movie is also the scene in that movie that bothers. That scene's me. very that, different because that to me, and this is like a total aside from the discussion. But to me, that scene is like in your head, you have all these things you want to say, and like it's going to be this big moment. But in that scene, it's like. You actually can't get any of it out, and like it doesn't come out like you plan it to, and it just it kind of the whole movie is about like the messiness of grief, Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that scene encapsulates that, where it's like she isn't saying any of the things she wants to say, uh, right? And it, I, I it think really, really works for me. Um, I, I, I think know. that I, it's it's. I don't. I think it. that that's what the the Jack Nasty line is kind of the same thing, where it's like she's been like like holding in this total devastating burn. For her entire second <laughs> marriage, and then she lays it out, and and Ennis is like, "Do you really think it's? Do you um, really think that that's it?" I I think that like in her head, anytime she thinks about Jack Twist, she's like, I'm "More like Jack Nasty," um, <laughs> in a way that like you know you like give like mean nicknames to people, and then when you yeah. say them out loud, they're like, 
Why do you call him that? It doesn't make any sense. Right. I just um, think I think literally, that I think that what what hurts her performance here is that she almost every sh- every scene she's in, she's sharing it with uh, Heath Ledger in you know maybe her Heath husband Ledger's at the time first or second best role. Her husband at the time. That's a good point. Wait, like they were I actually married? Really the actors were. Yeah, yeah, they were. They again, got they married were. after this or yeah. during oh. this or something like that. They were married when he that. died. I don't think I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I knew that because she accepted his Oscar. Is how I knew it. Oh, I knew okay. that because she she like recently she married a musician who like put out an album about his wife's death. Um, right, but he's also a producer on Fosse Verdon or something like that, or a uh, he wrote the I don't music. Mean, he, no, he's he involved with Fosse Verdon um, um, because him and Lin Manuel both like they work together a lot and they both produce that show. That's how they met. Um, yeah, I just think she's like definitely the worst performance in the movie. I think I, literally I think every everyone, other performance. Is I think better. everyone is so solid that talking about the worst actor is almost like a waste of podcast time in a way because I think she's great. I think everyone's like doing really good work here. Like everyone. Yeah, I don't think I, she I is. I think she's. I think she's good, not great. I don't think that Kate Mara is necessarily like outstanding. I, in this I do, role, but she also I has think a she's better. tiny role. <laughs> she's kind of also just also not that much to do. The final I scene is Linda great. Green... The final scene between Heath and Kate is incredible. Um, yeah, and then between Heath I... and Jack's shirt. Yes, I, I think Linda Cardellini is really good in this movie. I wish she got better roles than she tends to, where she just Love kind of li- plays the thankless wife role, the heart of Green Watch Book Mad roles. Men. Um, I mean, she doesn't have a great role in Mad Men, but she does not play a thankless wife. Uh, so while, while we're talking about actors, yeah. let's talk about BP alumni. Uh, so we have Ang Lee, who, director of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, was yeah. also the director of this film. Very good director. I love Very Ang Lee different movies, movies as a general rule. Very different movies. I prefer um, this one to that. This I wasn't the biggest Crouching as, Tiger, Hidden Dragon fan. Um, yeah. But this movie I'm very much a fan of. I think it's it's very good. He also made Gemini Man. I I like Crouching Tiger better than this movie. I think this movie, which I understand, it's a hot take. A lot more people love this movie than I do. I think it is good, but I don't necessarily love it. Um, But um, I think this is kind of square in the middle of Ang Lee filmography for me. Because uh, he is a good filmmaker, I'm trying to find He's my angle to check. It, this is probably um, like one or probably top three angle for me. Um, are there other Best Picture alums? Yeah, so uh, we have yes. um, cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Oh, oh, right. I forgot Dude, we watched great. Christmas Vacation. I clocked yeah. him because we did into. Independence Day. Oh, is he also in that? Oh, okay. that too. <laughs> yeah, he's in that. Um, that was the only person which I thought was interesting because all of these people are big actors. That now, if we, we this is, this is really yet. early for all of them. I mean, if, we'll talk about Heath Ledger again in The Dark Knight. Yeah. I'm sure yep. Jake is going to come back. Speaking of which, if we wanted to do the back. superhero head count, there's quite a few in this movie. <laughs> basically, everybody. Uh, basically, Jake everybody. Hey, Mark, shut the fuck up and let me do what I'm going to do. In Hathaway. Shut the fuck up. I So basically it's everybody other than Randy Quaid. You've got Jake Gyllenhaal, who was Mysterio. We had Heath Ledger, who won an Oscar for Joker. First person to do that, which is a weird delineation that now exists. <laughs> 
Um, Anne Hathaway was Catwoman. Michelle Williams was Lady Venom. Linda Cardellini was Laura Barton. David Harbour was Hellboy and Winter Guardian. And Kate I Mara. David Harbour is in this movie. Yep. Um, and Kate Mara is the invisible woman in Fan Forced It. And so lots of one more, Cody. Did I forget one? Barely, not and not really. But Anna Ferris is in the movie. Uh, my super ex girlfriend. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I don't really count that. <laughs> yeah. But I also forgot Anna Ferris was in it, even though when she showed up, I was like, "Oh, Anna Ferris." Yeah. Um, I forgot that Michelle Williams was in Venom. That's fucked up. It's so yeah, funny. She, she's the Venom with boobies at one point. Um. Okay. So. Brokeback Mountain is six out of fifteen for me for Angley movies. I think it's good, but I um, haven't seen anywhere near enough Angley movies to have a list. But it's my favorite Angley movie I've seen. Yeah, between my hot Hulk, take is I like Hulk better betw- than between Hulk, Gemini Man, okay, that's- and Crouching Tiger. I think that's it. Uh, this is my favorite. I like Ice this Storm. I like not- Wedding Banquet a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, I like Hulk better. Ride than with this. the Devil is which I understand. Ride with the is Devil is take, maybe but, yeah. one of the you got some you got some takes movies. today that I just disagree with. Hulk is good. Hulk knows exactly what it's doing. Hulk is a good. Yeah. Movie. I mean, I haven't watched it since like basically its release, and I understand there's like a recontextualizing of it in recent years. Sure, but I yeah, seriously, being a ten year being a ten year old who wants to see Hulk, that movie does suck for that ten year old wanting to see Hulk. I seriously doubt that I would like it more than this movie. <laughs> That's fine. Even if I it is just I, I my think this iPad movie... thought I was talking to her when I said seriously. Um, <laughs> um, I I think this is this movie is good and should have won Best Picture, but it is I I don't know. It's I don't know. It it's it's okay, almost Co- so much Cody, of a talk bummer. About, talk about you've only talked negative about this movie and you rated it for because stars, you guys so have only talk... talked positive. Well, you really I, I have to be the balance. You do you a you don't. I don't know when this podcast started. At some point, this podcast did become. One of us kind of has to take the counter argument. When we don't, we can just talk good about a movie. Um, what do you like about this movie? Tell me some things you really like about this movie because you haven't well, said I, anything. Okay, so so here's why I haven't talked about what I liked about this movie because when I told you guys, you guys yelled at me and told me it was the bad part. I like the stuff where they're separate. I, I, I think it's really interesting to see how the relationship kind of reverberates through time. I yeah, don't think no, this I like movie that is too. necessarily yeah. the most effective at showing the passage of time which is something i kind of struggle with like the makeup effects and like trying oh. to age them up doesn't ever really work <laughs> for me that's another thing i disagree with i thought they did such a good job and like a scene would start and it would immediately place you with like oh it's been at least four more years because like now we're looking at these children on the swings at the top of the scene and we can oh well ch- the children worked because it was different actors well, but, yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. I think the performers themselves like it just looked like they were the same age the whole time so it was a little uh, hard for not for me through. like heath ledger's eyes like especially the scene toward the end where they're arguing at Brokeback and then we flash back to like that. I guess it's that first summer together. Yeah, it's first, the first summer. Yeah, yeah that August. Um, and you just see that they look like babies, and then now they truly, to me, they truly look twenty years older. To me, that was very effective. But I, don't know. I, I think, I, I think you know, the it, movie does a good job at 
making the time pass, but I just don't think mm. it does it necessarily the best visually. But I but I do think like with the performances and how the dynamics have changed, a lot of time passes between scenes and it all still yeah. I think works pretty well. And I and yeah. I like seeing when they meet up again, what that leads to. I like seeing mm-hmm their relationships kind of fall apart and the changes in dynamics there. And they like their trips up to Brokeback become the only thing that matter to Enos. Um, But Uh Jake is trying to get attention and love elsewhere. And I, I think Mm. all of that stuff is more engaging to me. And I I really like that, like back half a lot. Um, I think the ending is pretty effective. Obviously it's very emotional, um, something that I wanted to turn to you guys is how did Jack die? Is what Anne Hathaway, what she's saying no. that it was a blown out tire no, real? He definitely got killed. No. Yeah. I interpret it as like, it was explained away as that, but it's kind of, it's kind of the thing where it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of the thing we're looking at now where like police will rewrite what happened to be like, Oh, this person mm. naturally died. Um, or this okay. person died in a different way. That's totally like, my interpretation of that. The idea, like, I don't. It's hard for me to imagine like a tire popping and and doing that to him. It's much more likely that yeah. they, like, they just like bashed his fucking face in. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that that and, that and is the, a way people die. I know that for sure. Um, sure, because but the Olivia, way that uh, my wife had an uncle who died in a kind of similar way. So it it does happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was the, before Olivia was born, but okay. um, the way that she is like reciting the facts like that, and she's so like robotic about it, you can it almost seems like she is like reciting the just like the line that she has about the police it. report. And it makes type you line, it, yeah. it at least makes me wonder like how much does she actually know? How much does she approve of? Mm-hmm. There seems to be... She knows everything. That seems to be the implication, yeah. yeah. And, like, sort of, like, like, a a maliciousness she carries for Ennis in a way. And and it makes me wonder if, like, you know, is she that upset or about, you know, her husband being killed like that? Because, you know, if she hates Ennis and and she is as homophobic, I mean, it, it never paints her as homophobic. No, but the world of this movie is so is so homophobic yeah. that she, um, you know, it it seems like she is almost like he got what's coming to him. So I want to tell you guys mm-hmm. that is not the generally accepted read on the movie or what happens in the short story at all. Okay. I what? was a little confused by it, and that that's kind of why I wanted to like bring it to y'all's attention because I kind of was like okay are we seeing what's really happening but I think what we're actually seeing is um, or this is the accepted read at least is that in that moment Enos is hearing that story and what he is envisioning is that crime happening because he warned Jack that that would always happen or that's why they couldn't be together that sort of thing that is kind of the accepted read is Jake Gyllenhaal did just die changing the tire or whatever it was Mm. that she said he was doing. But Enos is envisioning the worst case scenario. To me, it feels intentionally ambiguous to where, like, obviously, I think the flashes we're seeing are pretty concretely like, that's Enos, Enos, I forget how to say his name. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. his headspace. Like, that's him imagining the worst. 
Um, and then we don't really know what happened and we can't, and he was cremated. So there's no like body evidence. Um, but I think it's intentionally ambiguous and kind of the implication is that like, he probably was murdered is my, I I think the only reason it's not ambiguous is because it's based on a short story and a short story has to maybe tell you, I don't know. Um, and, and, or that, that, that's why at least when it's presented on Wikipedia or whatever, it, it, says it that certain way i didn't know when it, when i watched it i was like i really don't know what they're trying like yeah what it is which trying i think to is do I, here. I think that is the goal is like uh ennis doesn't know but he fears mm-hmm. the worst and that's what matters is like his yes headspace. yes um and right also like it it confirms ennis's fears because like Ennis, I mean, he says, like, you know, all of those things that I don't know could get you killed if I know about them. Basically saying, like, if you've been cheating on me with other men, then, like, the more people that know about that, the more likely right. you are to get killed for it. So, like, yes. it's very possible that, you know, he hooks up with um, Stranger Things, dude, whatever his name David is. Harbour. David Harbour, um, yeah. David, he hooks up with David Harbour, and then, like, David Harbour's wife finds out about it. Anna and Ferris finds out and, and rats it and yeah. spreads the word, and then he gets hunted down. Right? Yeah. I, think that I mean, is very I, I definitely. I mean, didn't... also he could get caught on the way to Mexico, where he'd been hiring, sure, you know, sex workers and... down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like... Yes, I. Yes, it, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility for that to be why Jack died. I just mm. it, it it's kind of an interesting like quandary of sorts sure. where. I kind of had that interpretation, but was unsure. The same one you guys did that he what that it was a hate crime. He was killed because he was mm-hmm. gay. He was pursuing relationships with men in town. He yeah. or Anne Hathaway's dad found out and was mad yeah. that he was making his daughter look like a fool, etc. All of that like made that. sense to yeah, me, but it was it is kind of presented in an ambiguous way. And then when I looked at other sources, all of them saying it was Enos's fear. I, I just found that pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one so, thing I really liked about this movie mm-hmm. was like it's kind of lack of an antagonist. Like I kind of expected the movie to go a different way. I, I didn't first yeah. off wh- approaching this movie. I knew really nothing about it other than, you know, quote unquote gay cowboys was like yeah. all I really knew. And I thought this movie took place like in 1800s wild west cowboys at first. I mm-hmm. did not know oh. it was like the sixties <laughs> through like 1980. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought that they were both already married and then they go away together or something like that. I didn't know what the movie was about. Um, but what I appreciated about this movie was like, there was no like antagonist that was because the, the shitty version of this movie is like, you have like this really homophobic cowboy who's like, you can't be gay. And he like kills him or something, which it's ambiguous. If that happened, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Um, but the antagonist of this movie, which to me was very moving in this moment we're living in was society. Like society kept these two yeah. people who loved each other from being together. And, everyone else them them included are the victims of that like you have these women who are in love with these men and they have husbands who are distant because society told them oh you need to be with a woman you can't be together and so they did and just 
the ramif the ramifications that like reaches out to everybody. It reaches out to Jack's parents. It reaches children. Everybody is a victim of a society that doesn't allow them to be together. I, I just thought that that was like a really a story worth telling. I guess. Yeah, I I think yeah. that's where Angley is very good. He like a lot of his movies are really about at their core, even if they're like about shooting, you know, your younger self as (laughs) they try to shoot you at their core. They're really about pathos for other people and about Mm. empathy and about interpersonal relationships. I mean, Hulk is about that, which is Uh why a lot of people didn't like Hulk, but all of his movies are kind of about that. Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a, uh, I forgot how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. But but it's a certain type of action film mm. um, that still is really at its core about interpersonal relationships mm. and empathy and pathos and all of that stuff. And, and I I think he's really good at that. He yeah. he's very good at quiet moments, even if they mm-hmm. make me sleepy at the beginning. <laughs> he's very good at quiet moments that like allow the characters to breathe and kind of exist and kind of he he makes room for the story to feel yeah. real. I mean I mean I and think it's just... I think this movie at its core was good and had good performance. Yeah. But I think if you didn't have a director like Angley, it wouldn't have worked quite as well as it did. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that, you know, Angley is really good at characters and conversations. And uh-huh. it feels weird when he makes something like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Hulk, or Gemini Man, which are like action movies. But and, I think I mean, all of those, those movies, movies aren't have... good. But, but it's weird, you know, it a romance movie or a Sense and Sensibility mm-hmm. or a family drama like The Ice Storm makes more sense because it's like... You know, his movies are about characters not getting along or the, like, unspoken conflict between them that they're both afraid to bring up or, mm-hmm. like, both, like, the emotions that you have buried. So when it's, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, you're, you've been repressed by society and, like, you can't feel emotions anymore and then also you have mm-hmm. to hunt down the clone version <laughs> of you from 20 years ago. Right. Like, I, I, I think that's it, why it I prefer. thematically, but it's a weird switch. See, I think that's why I tend to prefer his action movies because hmm. they are about all of these sort of same things, broad strokes, but I... same things about like, and it has all of that. And then sometimes literal literalizes it by, hey, I have all this repressed emotion because I have an abusive relationship or my father had an abusive relationship towards me and it's repressed all this anger. Mm. And then it's literalized in a fight with a giant mon- rage monster and his dad. I, I but okay. anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this, this, the, this movie is not good. I am more just arguing that his action movies are also good. I'm yeah. They're, just, they're, they're uh, good. Responding I, to that against, Mark. I kind of think, I mean, it's it's kind of undeniable that this is a more mature and just better movie than Gemini Man. And I feel like that's the conversation we're kind of having right now is like, I don't know. It's not the conversation I'm having. Okay. I think it is better than Gemini Man. Good. <laughs> I just think Hulk and Crouching Tiger or Hidden Dragon are both better. And I disagree with those. But um, I think I, I agree with the the sentiment that like it he makes good action movies and that they can be about those broader things. But like this movie is about those broader things and it's, I don't know, there's the subtlety of, like, 
everything's so heartbreaking and I'm heartbroken for everybody. And when all these like emotions reach a boiling point in Ennis's character, he rages out, not in like an epic fight, but just like by breaking down in an alleyway and like punching a wall or, and those scenes are so well acted and just feel so real. And like, or when Michelle Williams is confronting him in the, the scene that you don't like her performance in, but I think she's great. I mean, he, he totally like loses control. He grabs her. He's angry. And like that emotion there that like, I've been caught, I've been found out like that shame he's feeling that society has like brought on him that shame. Mm -hmm. It just feels so real. It just feels so, so much better than like, so much better than like a motorcycle chase through a city. I don't know. Like those things are good, but like, this is just more, this is just more my shit It's like that interpersonal stuff. It's just so raw. Yeah, and I think I want interpersonal stuff while like fight scenes and stuff are happening. I don't know. I, <laughs> Those things I, are I also do... good, but like I don't know. Yeah, I I I don't hate dramas. I I just think like if if you're really gonna get me the whole time, sometimes that stuff helps. I think this movie is good. It is just um another like, and it this is really not the fault of this movie, but it is kind of baggage that I come in with with this movie is in 2020 you know this movie is 2004 it does age better than other attempts at having queer stories played by predominantly straight people I'm looking at you Dallas Buyers Club <laughs> which does not age I mean it, <laughs> like yeah, kind it of ages aged better poorly than, like the year yeah, it ages better than movies that out. maybe came out last year like it's it yeah, really it yeah, it's a very mature so it, movie. It, it ages better than that, but the baggage of every gay story, every queer story is a tragedy is hard. And, it, you know, there are a lot of people talking about it, and there are a lot of people who are trying to remedy that, mm-hmm. but it is still a little hard to kind of, for me to like, I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's depressing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, and so. Most yeah. romance dramas kind of are tragedies. In most ways, uh, um, <laughs> I was going to use an example, but that would just transition us straight into plugs, and I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, but I think but, that but, like a lot of like romance dramas do end in like death or divorce, yeah. or like distance keeps us apart. Whereas like a, a romance comedy is mm-hmm. ends in a happy place, but they're just like. There just aren't gay rom coms except right. For There's basically to, like, just love Simon. Love Simon. And that's about it. Yeah. Love. Yeah. There's and, also and, the wedding banquet, which is a gay that. kind of it's a rom com, but it's, it's, a, it's another it's Ang Lee movie. It's it's fantastic, and it's him doing a gay rom com basically. And yeah, I love that movie. Um, yeah. I, yes. I. It's 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 a problem more with what movies have been made than really the problem of this movie, but it is just some baggage that I have. Like I, I get so, that, but I don't, I don't think I fault this movie for being that. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of movies followed suit after this that became mm-hmm. that. Not that this well, is. Well, so a, for example, yeah. and you guys may hear me talk about it more on a future thing that we'll talk about later but like so for the notebook example right so they die in the ensure but they die at the end after 40 years of happy marriage it's ultimately a triumphant like happy ending even though it ends in tragedy and i think a lot of times in 
queer cinema, it ends with the death of a character. They were never able to be together, that sort of thing. Again, mm. not blaming this movie for yeah. it. it is not the and fault of this movie. This one, that is yeah, just like, baggage I have going and in. And I, I, I get that, and I think that that's valid. I do think that this one succeeds in ways other movies maybe don't and that they do have Oh, I don't yeah, I they agree. They do with have that. Tw- yeah. 20 years of like very complicated messy but like their fishing trips together are like this moment of like peace where they can like be they have like these years of like meeting mm-hmm. up and like society and their fears of what might happen sort of force them into this this yeah. workaround uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But they do have 20 years pseudo together. Right. Um, but it's also like they're but not like, really together. It's it's, it's but snaking it's away. Complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. It's complicated. Basically, it's just it's not enough. You know, mm-hmm. like to quote Jack, he can't get get by on a couple high altitude fucks once or twice a year. Yeah, right. Um, and you know their real lives when they're not there, which is like t- you know ninety percent of the year, is like sad. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, you know, hidden and and alone. Um. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's you know, a reason why Jack wants to spread together, his ashes are... at Brokeback Mountain because that's like the the best moments of his life are the, there. Yes, right. Yeah, basically make a lot more gay rom coms, and this movie probably could go down a little better for me. <laughs> Ultimately, I want <laughs> you guys to hear me. I do think this movie is good, um, yes. and I do think of all the things that were nominated for best pick. Sure, I'm gonna look up what was nominated for Best Picture and tell you guys if I think this is what should have won. It should have won on oh, Over I can, Crash. I can, we'll get to I it. can tell you it's like a good night and good luck, Capote and um oh something else I'm forgetting. Um mm. th- I think this is by far the best of the uh the uh, oh, nominees. It's Crash, it's Goodnight. Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, Munich. Munich, I think, would be Munich clo- is good. I love yes. Munich. I think Munich would be close to me between that and Brokeback Mountain, but ultimately, yeah. I think, yes, Brokeback Mountain is the best movie that was nominated this particular year, without a doubt. I was checking to see if Atonement was this year, which I don't think it was, oh, which is another Munich movie that is I really so good. Love. Um. But um, yes, um, so I, I definitely think that. I, I, I definitely think it's um, an astounding movie. It just, like, a lot of people are completely blown away with it, and I just have a slightly more, like, yeah, it's good. It's kind of where I fall you, with it. Um, you got so mad at me for saying that exact same thing about The Social Network. Um, <laughs> yeah, well. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, only, I, I'm, 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 I'm I'm even-handedly. See, I'm. I'm not too mad at you about this, but I am a little mad about this take. <laughs> I think it's fine. Are I just both wrong. It, These are both great movies, but I'm not going to be yes, mad at you for either of them. Point. But um, Social Network is a masterpiece. This is a masterpiece. You yeah, know, two masterpieces. Yeah, this movie's great. I think this movie is great. I just think <laughs> I. It is sometimes with this podcast to me it becomes a movie that I like actively want to watch. And Brokeback Mountain, a movie that I have now seen four times. Each one of those four times, I didn't like actively really want to watch it all that much because it is so much of a bummer. But yeah. should we challenge ourselves and watch cinema? That's blah, 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 blah. I understand. <laughs> so you're saying that you I think like it's a Batman movie. Begins more than this movie? <sighs> I guess if we're getting to that point, I, I wanted to talk <laughs> a little bit about category fraud real quick because um, this, this one um, 
Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score for at the Oscars, at the Golden Globes, it won Best Picture Drama, which is why people thought it was going to win mm-hmm. um, the Oscar. Um, it won Director, Screenplay, Original Song, um, and then was nominated for Best Picture, Lead Actor for Heath Ledger, Supporting Actress Michelle Williams. You guys know what I think. Um, She's great. And then... I think Anne Hathaway should have gotten that. We don't respect Disagree. Anne Hathaway enough. I love Anne. Um, She's great. Don't. That's but true. Michelle's better in this movie than she is. Uh, They're both good. No. What is this category uh, fraud you're Cinematography. About? And then the category fraud, to me, Jake Gyllenhaal got nominated for supporting actor. And, and this is the Globes. No. Well, I was saying Globes, but then I went back to the Oscar noms. He got nominated for supporting at the Oscars. Um, To me, it is category fraud because they are both the leads of the movie. He is in it less because he dies, and that's basically it. I get that, but at the same time, I also get how this is Heath Ledger. or I get how this is also Ennis's movie, and it's his story a little bit more so than Jake's. Slash Jack. I think yes. There's there's uh, just this this category fraud happens all the fucking time, yeah. and it always annoys me when it's like Leo won for best supporting, and I guess he is supporting in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that movie is I said Leo Brad won for best supporting, yeah. and that movie is kind of equally about them. It's just slightly it's a more little about more Le- Rick Dalton story, but yeah, I th- both of these movies are kind of two handers, and I get it exactly. I get I I see both sides. I, I think that. I think that here it's not as bad because you clearly want to nom you want to have two actors nominated and you don't want them in the same category. So you but gotta why? Pick one I for guess that's what I get. Yeah, well, I mean, because you f- want to win two awards, you don't want to Soderbergh yourself, right? Um, or the know, favorite? Wanna... Yeah, exactly. But the, the favorite case, was they had three actresses, and, and the they put favorite two of them was supporting one in lead, and that was one of the biggest cases of. Uh, category fraud of all time. I'm still happy that she won, but Olivia Coleman is supporting, and the other two are yes. leads. Is the truth Absolutely. about the favorite? Um, but I think here it's like okay, if you're gonna pick one for lead, one for supporting, then you I know, that I guess I, you can flip a coin. But I think that this makes the most sense. No, I for I think it I think it would have been in Hollywood. I don't think that like. I mean, sure, you can run a Leo campaign for lead actor, but he wasn't going to get nominated. He's good, but not like not as good as mm. Brad Pitt was in that movie, in my opinion. I I think if Heath had been put supporting here, it would have been even worse. Agreed, but I I still think Jake here is kind of is kind of strange. But what's interesting is Heath Ledger ends up winning Best Supporting Actor uh, three years after this movie is released. Unfortunately, it is posthumously, uh, but it is for a movie that we will talk about at some point. Um, Indeed it is. Okay, so let's wrap up. Um, I think we've said our final thoughts about it, unless you guys have something else. We haven't um, I, We haven't even talked about the, the fight at the end. Yeah, not, we not have. the end of the movie, I guess. We've kind of talked Did about we? it. I feel like we didn't. No one has said, I don't know how to quit you. Well, uh, yeah, we I didn't like quote is... it, but we did talk about it. <laughs> One thing we haven't it, talked it's about. It's the most iconic line of this movie. It's very good. I didn't know that that was from this movie. I've heard it referenced so many times. I didn't know it was from this movie. Um, I also love the line, there's no rains on this one. 
It's a good line. That's also a good line. I'm just listing good lines now. Yeah. Yeah. Go read the screenplay, I guess. Um, <laughs> One thing we haven't so, talked about is how good the music is. The music is very good. That score is yeah, incredible. That twangy guitar, that sad but romantic music. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love it. Yeah, the score's good. Um, I can't remember what we do at the end. Um, well, we vote if this is we, better than Batman vote? or not. <laughs> Well, do do we do that or do we do plugs first? We always we, we I, vote we, first. We always vote first. Okay, I don't know why it's completely gone. Okay, you're just uh, like you're ready to to get plugs in. Yeah, because it's fucking late at night and I need to eat. <laughs> like it is okay. Like, very late. Cody, because you have a new plug. Cody is the movie about the guy that dresses up like a bat better than this movie. <laughs> Yes, you fucker, making it sound dumber. Yes, Batman Begins, I think, is better than this movie to me. Chad, uh, is, the, is, is like the costume superhero punch-em-up movie better than like a seminal work of gay cinema? Uh, no, it's not. I think Brokeback Mountain is a better movie. Oh. Wow, you guys are really heroes with your takes. Mark. Well, <laughs> if I was a hero, I'd, heroes, I'd support the Batman. <laughs> uh-huh. I, um... I think I actually have to go Batman Begins as well, unfortunately. <laughs> Even though you were being a fucker a second ago. <laughs> insane. Yeah. Batman Begins is good, but come on. Fucker. This movie's incredible. Batman, 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 Batman. I think that these are both movies. I mean, I, I've seen Batman Begins way more than this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both movies that I love. And I mean, Batman Begins is like, obviously, like if I like am going to sit down and watch a movie on like any given day, it's probably going to be the one with the superhero and not the one where, you know, the dude dies at the end and then the other dude is sad because he Um, like, imagine it's sad. Imagine you're a member of the Academy uh, of Motion Pictures and Sciences and you're sitting down with your ballot. And Batman Begins. That's not how we do this. That Batman is not begins. even close to how our fucking podcast works. Maybe no, it sir. should be. Maybe it should be. Batman Begins no. and Brokeback Mountain are on the ballot. Which do you vote not, for? Not how this podcast works at all. I think I'm changing my mind over the years of how this podcast should work. And I don't think you're on the same no. page with me. No. It is. It has it's... always been a vote with a heart. That is why Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. is the reigning movie. Vote right on now. the Academy mm. with your heart. But like... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I it, it's tough because like this is probably my favorite Ang Lee movie, maybe my second favorite Ang Lee movie, um, and like Batman Begins is maybe like my fourth or fifth favorite Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie. Right. Um, insane. But it's like it's so uh, just I, I. The problem is that like Chris Nolan Swear is to me. Like, my shit. Um, Swear to me. It's it's such a tough choice, and I definitely went into this picking dark. Uh, hey, hey Mark, again. my pizza timer's going off. You want to vote? <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to say it's a tough choice. This episode has actually made me lean closer to Brokeback. Chad voting uh-huh. for Brokeback is definitely tempting me, but I think I have to stick with Batman Begins. Unfortunately, this means Batman. that there will be two different years where Batman, Christopher <laughs> Nolan movies win uh, Best Picture. Hey for guys, us, but. Let's let's be honest. There's potentially four more years in the future where Nolan at least has a chance. Um, oh, Nolan! I just meant I just meant Batman movies specifically, <laughs> right? But but I can Jeez. think of four Nolan movies 
that I think we're after this that we're going to cover. And I don't know where either one of you fall on Inception, so maybe five. Um, but I'm pretty Are you sure. Are the Prestige? I'm prestigious. Can I, me, can pretty I, sh- I'm counting Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think Chad loves Interstellar, and that may be his pick uh, for that year. So that was one I, I was do. Counting. I, I do love that movie more than most, but it is not my pick for that year. I don't remember because it it's is. Budapest that year. That's it's what probably it is. Budapest. I yeah. think that Interstellar might be. Um, basically anyway. every movie except for Dark Knight Rises could be my favorite movie of the and year, guys, except for Prestige, which is yours. Uh, right, but it's only because it is mine that it wouldn't be yours. Um, it, it probably wouldn't anyway. Uh, hey guys, also Dark Knight Rises is pretty good. Um, okay, that's okay. why I draw the fucking line. <laughs> no, it's Anne Hathaway actually, her performance. No, it's messy. It's the worst easily, and it's nowhere yeah. close to as good as the other two. If it came, still, like, if it came out good. in the DCEU today, it would be like... It'd be the best movie. Inc- made, we would be maybe. like <laughs> dancing in the streets. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible, but yeah, yeah, comparatively not that great. Anyway, um, so let's do plugs. Um, and the reason I want to do plugs so much is because coming very soon in this podcast feed, you don't even have to fucking like subscribe to another podcast. We are going to have a co-production uh, between Best Pictures and our friends over at Purely Nostalgia called Live and Let Cry. What is that, you ask? It is where I, along with Eli Smith from Purely Nostalgia, um, we talk about weepy, sad movies because I cry at movies all the time and Eli never cries at movies. Uh, for the first episode, we will be talking about The Notebook um, and that will be dropping in this feed pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. It's pretty exciting. Um, and all you have to do is listen. It's much shorter than uh, this podcast. Um, so if you want a short podcast, that's good. It's good for a run, I guess, if you want to hear about people crying while you're running. Um, that's really all I want to plug. You can find me at the normal social places. Same for you, boys. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. find me at the normal social places. <laughs> Um, great. So, hey, Mark, what is the best movie of 2005? Five. <laughs> Batman Begins. Uh, hey, hey, Chad, best movie of 2005? Uh, voted on by us. It's the movie about the man dresses up like a bat and punches the, the mean man in masks. Mm, um, sounds great. It's called Batman Begins. I would love to watch um, it. Sounds good. Cody, what's the best movie of the year 2005? It's Batman Begins. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. And this quote goes out to Chad specifically. Uh, So remember, this is a goddamn bitch of an unsatisfactory situation. (laughs) Amen. So next next time on Best Pictures, we are watching a movie <clears throat> that doesn't even come close to standing the test of time. It uh, it trips the test of time. Um, it is Crash, the movie that thought it sol- solved racism in 2005. And spoiler alert, 
Sure as shit didn't. Um, it is streaming, though, on a very exciting new platform, which is HBO Max, uh, which we're big fans of over here at uh, Best Pictures. It is the director's cut, which normally we would be like, fuck oh, no. that, we're not watching oh, that. Oh, no. We have to watch more but it's a, of this movie? It's like a minute and a half longer. Oh. I made sure. <laughs> yeah, Did it's he just like fight really kinda... hard to include this like super racist scene and the studio voted against it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the extra minute is. Cool. Um, I'm hoping it's just credits. Um, <laughs> but so that is available on HBO Max. Um, Mark wants to tell you where else you can find it. Um, look, if you don't have HBO Max, first of all, what are you doing with your life? Second of all, it's on HBO. Hold on, Co. pause. And if if you don't have HBO Max, maybe go and make sure that you don't, because as we found, there's a high chance you may accidentally yeah. already have it. I have it um, because I'm an AT and T customer. That's all I had to do, and I have it. If you had HBO before, you have HBO Max, basically. That's insane. Um, but also, it's on HBO Go and HBO Now. So, like, you can, yeah. if you have HBO of any sort, you can watch it. If you don't, don't pay for this movie. Like, don't, if you don't want to watch this movie, don't watch this movie. If you want to, like, through other means, access this movie, I encourage you to do so. Paul Haggis doesn't need your money. I just read his Wikipedia page under personal life, and it's not good stuff. Yeah, you um, could listen to this episode. He also has Born and Bond money. He has money from both, Jeez. I think. You could listen yeah. to this episode um, and not Bond watch money. the movie. That could be your choice. You, you could. We're going to watch gonna it, though. You, I'm going to give you four words from his personal life section um, that... Just, no one should have and it's called gender-based hate crime so <laughs> great maybe we should just cancel paul haggis <laughs> yeah um but i will tell you um mm, i'm not gonna count the words but one brief sentence that might encourage you to watch the movie if you're on the fence but again like mark said only do it if you have hbo and it is sandra bullock falls downstairs because she's so racist so <laughs> that might make you interested so that does sound um, good uh so yeah. the real enemy was gravity another whoa which she is in that is fascinating anyway thanks everybody for listening to this super long post roll we'll see you next uh, next episode